Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're going to start a message today called One Thing. We've been ministering recently on a series called Your Personal Altar and then Three Secrets. And so we're going to continue that theme with a message today I call One Thing. And our text verse is Luke chapter 10, verse 42. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. You see, one thing not two, just one, is needed. And if you know what it is, you will not let anyone take it from you. Well, most of us know the story well. Mary and Martha, two sisters, with their brother, Lazarus. They lived in Bethany, and Jesus knew them well. Luke chapter 10, verses 41 through 42 in the Message Bible says this. The master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course and won't be taken from her. Martha was a wonderful host. Her gift was hospitality, and her heart was that of a servant. When Jesus came to town, he always visited them because he loved them very much. How do we know that? Because John chapter 11, verse 5 says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Martha the good host she is, is preparing the house and the meal to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There is so much to do, and she is somewhat upset that her sister is not helping. Instead of talking to Mary, she addresses Jesus, hoping he will tell Mary she needs help. Instead, Jesus tells Martha, one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen it. Then he adds a statement that is quite strong. This one thing cannot be taken from her. I like how the Living Bible states it. There is really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and I won't take it away from her. So in a sense, Jesus was saying, Martha, I'm not going to take it away from her, and either are you. You see, he knew Mary well. John chapter 11, verses 1 through 2, it says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. What's amazing is that this same Mary not only anointed Jesus before Lazarus died, but she did it again after Jesus raised him from the dead. We find that in John chapter 12, verse 3. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointing the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. 
The one thing Mary knew well was her personal relationship with Jesus. Luke chapter 10 verse 39 says, And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. The Faith Life Study Bible says this, We see that Martha had made a classic mistake, one that we all routinely make. She presumed that serving Jesus was more important than spending time with him. Of course, there's a time and a place for us to be actively engaged in spiritual service, but we cross a perilous line when we begin to think that the Lord prioritizes what we can do for him above being with him. He's more interested in us being at his feet than in the kitchen. Martha represents the common misconception that it's more important to do for God than to be with God. Our lives need to be centered in that place where Mary was, the place of intentionally abiding in the presence of Jesus, quietly listening to his voice and receiving his truth and instruction. This has to be the hub of our lives, for it is only after we spent this time at Jesus' feet that we can effectively serve him. That's put very well by the Faith Life Study Bible. Joe Purcell in his daily devotional says this, It's not that the things Martha was doing were unimportant. It's just that they were not the most important. When you look at everything you have to do and strive to get those things done, you'll be pulled and fragmented in many different directions. And usually it's your time with the Lord in the word and prayer that suffers first. But if you see that the most important thing and the most needful thing for you to do each day is to first spend time with him in the word and prayer, then all the other things that need to get done will get done and they'll get done at the right time and in the right way. He continues to say, instead of feeling fragmented and pulled in many different directions as Martha was, as you make it your aim to first have fellowship with the Lord, you will find that you are unified in plan and purpose throughout the day and that your productivity will actually increase. Your life will ebb and flow in and out of your fellowship with him. Mark chapter 4 verses 18 through 19 says this, Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. There's another one thing I need to mention. It's found in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So as we've discovered, the one thing that Mary understood was her personal relationship with Jesus. She understood how to prioritize between her fellowship with the Lord and her service to the Lord. A day as a thousand years or a thousand years as a day. Is this another one thing we need to prioritize or could it be the same thing, something to do with our personal fellowship with the Lord? The Lord sees time differently than we do. He does not sweat nor toil to get things done or meet a deadline. He has no worry or stress that things will not get done, not get paid, not built, etc. He isn't looking at his watch with the burden of time, losing sleep and relaxation. No, God trusts his word and we should too. Mary's one thing was her personal time with the Lord. The one thing Peter is talking about is similar. Our simple and complete trust in God, to the point that we do not stress, sweat, worry, freak out, or lose sleep over other things. 
What does a thousand years as a day have to do with this? Well, let's read the next verse, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God worked six days, creating everything we see and know. On the seventh day, he rested, knowing that what he did was good. Then he established this principle in the Ten Commandments that we should work six days and rest on the seventh. We find that in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. We are created in the image of God. God wants us to operate our priorities just like he does his. I call this the principle of six and one, or work and rest. This is the fourth commandment. Yes, I believe we're no longer under the curse of the law. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. However, we're not redeemed from the law. In other words, the law and its truths and principles are good. We should not get legalistic in the works of the law as if we can earn our own salvation. But the principles are true and should be our tutor and guide for our lives. We could say it this way. Which one of the Ten Commandments are wrong? The principles and definitions of godliness have not been done away with. So when we look at the principle of the Sabbath day of rest, I'll not personally say in the New Testament it applies to a certain day in a certain way. However, its principle of work and rest is important to God. Some would say, I can't believe God wants me to work six days and rest one. What a slave driver. I understand your comment, but most people today are working seven days. Society in America has completely obliterated the principle of the Sabbath. Why? For work and money. God specifically says the Sabbath is for us, not us for the Sabbath. That's out of Mark chapter 2, verse 27. Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made on account and for the sake of man, and not man for the Sabbath. And that's the Amplified Version. And then the Message Bible also says Mark 2.27 in a clear way. Then Jesus said the Sabbath was made to serve us. We weren't made to serve the Sabbath. Perry Stone has some great information that he shared on reasons for the Sabbath. He said God created everything in six days and he rested on the seventh day. This initiated a set time each week called the Sabbath or Shabbat in Hebrew which means to rest or lay aside labor. There are Hebrew words translated rest in the English translation of the Torah. They include Shabbath, which alludes to letting go, Shemat, which alludes to letting alone, and Nuwak, which means to settle down. They all carry the same connotation. A Shabbat was a personal letting go and resting. God commanded that the land and animals rest and be let alone in order to fulfill the commandment. The theme of resting from labor was so important that God hallowed the seventh day each week as a Sabbath of rest. Every seventh year was a sabbatical rest year called Shemitah in Hebrew. 
every seven cycles of seven years, being 49 years, was designated a jubilee cycle of complete rest. During these three sabbatical cycles, people, animals, and land enjoyed exemption from work. With each of the seven feasts, God commanded the people to refrain from work. The Sabbath was created for man's enjoyment, and he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. So reading Second Peter 3.8 again, it says, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So God worked six days and rested on the seventh, and with God one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And as I stated, the Lord sees time differently than we do. What day is it? What millennium is it? Since the creation of man, it's been just over 6,000 years. This would mean we are now living in the seventh millennium. Could it also be said this is the seventh day? Our time is up. We'll have to continue tomorrow. Same time, same place, same channel. We'll continue to talk about one thing. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.